You're listening to the podcast, We Are Dallas-Fort Worth. Discover big things and big ideas happening in the Big D. One of the things that I think it's important um, is, you know, growing yourself, you know, always constantly being a student and learning. But since I do care so much about students and learning, I do give back a lot. Um, you know, I give to students, I offer scholarships, um, especially for innovation. That's really important to me. Innovation that leads to something entrepreneurial. I'm sitting here with Marilee Kick. Marilee used to spend her days grading papers and her nights working on her master's degree. But now she spends her time grading social media results, running Operation Sweaty Balls, and making her mark in a male-dominated industry as the CEO of Buzzballs in Carrollton, Texas, just north of Dallas. Hi, Marilee. Welcome. Hey, Becca. Thanks for the invite. Well, thanks for being here. Now, I just mentioned uh, the term Operation Sweaty balls. <laughs> I'm referring. I'm referring to an RMD test. Care to share more on what sweaty balls? Well, um, we have cocktails in plastic containers, and we do everything to try to test them. So that would happen to be one of the funny names we anointed to a test we were doing. Um, we do everything from like freezing the containers, drop testing, um, and then Operation Sweaty Balls was we basically took it up on the rooftop of of our warehouse here in Carrollton. And let it sit in the Texas sun and bake for a month and just see what happens to the container, what happens to the taste of the beverage. We actually tasted those after a month. And, um, yeah, results were varied. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. It sounds like one of those summer uh, series that the news stations do on baking cookies. <laughs> you got to see what the Texas sun is going to do to your product. So your line is premixed cocktails in colorful balls. Ball-shaped containers. It's all about the balls. Yeah. <laughs> balls that get you buzzed. Balls that get you buzzed. So how did you get started? Talk me through from going from a teacher to heading up one of the most successful and continually growing companies in Dallas. Gosh, you know, back then I never would have thought that it would have ended up this way. Um, <clears throat> we are fortunate, though. Um, it it uh, started out pretty uh, meager, though. Um, like you said, I was a school teacher in Plano, Texas, grading papers by the pool, getting my MBA, having a cocktail, and came up with this idea of, wouldn't it be cool to have a cocktail in a little round-shaped, ball-shaped container, a party ball? And um, came up with that idea, and the more I researched it, I realized that there was really nothing like that on the market. There was Smirnoff Ice, there was Mike's Hard Lemonade, there were Bacardi Breezers, things like that, but those were all malt-based beverages. Those were made out of beer. And at the time, I didn't understand the difference between a malt-based beverage and Bacardi or Smirnoff. You know, I just thought Smirnoff was in it or Bacardi was in it, but it's not. It's beer. It's flavored beer. So I didn't realize that. And I thought, you know, I want to make something where you can have a cocktail. It's strong, like I would like them, like I would make them at home. Um, and it packs a punch, enough to give you a little buzz. But, you know, it's not enough to make you feel fat or make you feel full or make you have to go to the bathroom. There's nothing worse than being on an airplane, having a couple of beers, and then just having to run to the bathroom every two seconds because you have to whittle. So, <laughs> you know, I just thought, you know, women need something if they want to wear a little black dress or if they just want to wear jeans or whatever that doesn't make them feel bloated and full and fat. What about a jumpsuit? A jumpsuit? You a cannot. jumpsuit? No. <laughs> I just, well, maybe, like maybe, no, I just bought my first jumpsuit, okay. you know, these rompers, oh, all yeah, the girls, yeah, yeah. The one you can't go woman. potty. Yeah, I know. You can't unzip it on your own. You can't zip it back. 
So, so are you saying that if you're wearing a jumpsuit, the yeah. best beverage is yeah. a buzz ball? Yeah. A matching buzz Unless ball. Unless it has a like crotch zipper or something like that. <laughs> Not yet. That would be the buzz ball jumpsuit <laughs> yes. after the fifth buzz ball. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. So how did you come up with the ball shape and the colors and the flavors? Did you just start with one flavor? No, no, no. Um, the whole idea behind it took a lot of thought because... I, I was thinking, wouldn't it be cool to buy drinks by the ball instead of having to buy a whole six pack or a four pack? I didn't want four margaritas. I wanted one and I wanted a Cosmo and I wanted a pina colada, you know? And so I thought, you know, it'd be kind of neat if the containers were the same color as what I would envision would be the contents. So a Cosmopolitan would be red, a margarita would be green, a lemon something or other would be yellow, pina colada would be white. You know, so I came up with this idea that wouldn't it be cool to color the packaging the color of the drink inside and then have some printing on the outside. Um, so we came up with like six flavors to start with. Um, my son, Alex, and I came up with, with these flavors that we thought were popular and we thought we'd give those a go at first. Um, a lot of trial and error went into this. Years of research after we started it, you know, to perfect the beverage flavor, the stability, shelf stability you know, things that um, make a product saleable after a period of time. Um, so yeah, we came up with these six flavors and now we're up to like 15 flavors. We also have wine-based cocktails as well as spirits-based cocktails. We don't make any malt-based beverages. So we don't compete with like Bud Light Limerita or something like that because we don't make beer at all. Um, those are all beer-based products. So it's a flavored beer that they're making. Um, and, and there's a reason why they can't get over 12% alcohol because of that beer malt base. It starts to taste and smell skunky, you know, because of that heavy malty flavor. So it's like they get too much of that in there and it just goes off. It doesn't taste right. So they're limited to about 12% alcohol is about the highest they can go. Of course, they spend that with a marketing spin saying it's social responsibility, but really, <laughs> it's really a, another real reason that they just can't. Um, but I wanted to make 15, 20% alcohol types of products. Um, so, you know, something that I would drink, something that tasted good, fresh juice, gluten-free, kosher, um, you know, something in a recyclable package, um, that wouldn't weigh you down. You could take it to the beach and also something you didn't have to refrigerate too. You know, like if you're going camping and you want to put it in your cooler or take it, you know, camping or put it in the back storage room and use it when you want it, it's good for a year. Um, so because there's enough alcohol in it that nothing's going to grow. <laughs> you came up with the, the percentages and the first recipe. Yeah. That must have been fun. Yeah, it was very fun. Um, it has evolved and it still continually evolves to get better and better and better. Um, you know, just to be, become more shelf stable. I remember the first orange, orange juice drink, orange screwdriver that we made, um, with real orange juice in it and some vodka in it. It, um, tasted great when we made it. Oh my gosh, it was so good. Um, and then after about three months of sitting on the shelf, it just started to taste like old orange juice. And I was just like, ugh, this is awful. We've got to find a different way to have fresh orange juice and make it shelf stable, you know, more shelf stable. So you know, lots of iterations went into this, a lot of work. It wasn't perfect from the get-go, though. So where did you first start selling? Well, um, you know, it's funny. I, I came to Glacier's Wholesale um, in Texas, in Dallas, and I went to a guy named Blair Casey, who was a Plano uh, graduate, Plano Senior High graduate. 
And um, I didn't know that at the time, but I pitched him my idea and he goes, wow, this is kind of cool. You were a Plano teacher, you know, so there was a connection there. And so I think that he gave me a shot because I was from Plano and I was a Plano mom. Um, and, you know, he was like, you know, let's just give it a trial run and see what happens in Dallas, in the Dallas market. Well, there were um, two product lines that I was trying to sell. One was Buzz Balls and one was um, Buzz Ball Chillers, basically the wine version of, of the Buzz Ball with spirits in it. And I thought, you know, the Buzz Ball Chillers, I can sell by myself without Blazers' help. So if they bring in my brand, because I heard this rumor that some distributors will bring in your brand to lock down your brand, but then they won't sell it. They'll sit on it. Mm -hmm. So that way it locks them out, locks you out from a competitor, but then they don't have any obligation to sell for you. So I went out there and I sold every single day from the trunk of my car, basically, you know, things that were legal for me to sell the chillers. I'd go to every single convenience store in Carrollton or in Dallas, and I would introduce the brand, make the pitch, sell them their first case. And then I would make a list at the end of the day and send it back to Glacier's Wholesale and say, Hey, uh, manager, this is who I sold to today. Please send your rep in to go follow up for the reorder. I've already got them set up with point of sale. I've already got it set up with racks and the first round, but you know, go for it. It kind of made them mad at the first, you know, because I was doing their job for them and making them look bad. Um, but a lot of times the reps just didn't really care. I was a new brand and I didn't have any legs and they were interested in selling something that they didn't really have to hard sell. Um, anyway, that was a year into it. And, and Blair Casey said, you know what? I think you're doing pretty well. I'm going to let you expand into other markets in Texas. So he allowed me to do that. And it was with success um, that we had there. And then he said, I will help you get into Arkansas and Missouri. So um, he introduced me to his counterparts in those states. So it started getting bigger. But, you know, I, I just still had to do a lot of work myself. One of the things that I, I was very good at was technology. I used to teach technology at Plano West. And um, I found out how to download the Texas Alcoholic Beverage Commission's list of um, retail stores. So I made um, lists and mailing labels and I sent them all an invite to buy my product and where to buy it and how to buy it and how to display it and what it should look like and what the price point should be. And so I did that and all of a sudden overnight, these things went boom, you know, and, and reps were getting calls, the distributors were getting calls to sell the product. Um, so we had those three states up and running. Um, and then my son, Alex, and I went to a trade show. It was in Las Vegas. We didn't have the money to really go to the trade show. We were the last trade show booth left. Um, and we, we snapped it up and it was like $2,500 and that's all we could scrape up. And we had to drive from Dallas to Las Vegas to get there with all of our stuff on hand, drove in, set up our booth, a little 10 by 10 booth. And overnight we had 15 different states interested in carrying our brand. And that's when we knew, okay, we we've got a chance now to sell some volume, which was what we needed just to even break even. Um, and then also at that trade show, that same trade show, we scored really well on a competition called the um, Wine and Spirits Wholesalers of America, WSWA. And at Caesars Palace, where we were, there was this big um, trophy case. And there was our little buzz ball with a double gold ribbon on it, you know, a medal that said double gold. And it was unbelievable because you don't get that unless 50 judges in a blind taste test say that your margarita is the best, you know, and ours was. So we got some notoriety from that. So everything kind of springboarded from there.
How long was that process? That was, that was about two years after our first sale. Um, so we had just started in Texas, then we expanded through Texas the next year, and then we expanded into those two other states, Missouri and Arkansas, and then boom, went, went into five states and then 15 states. So, so you had this great career. You mentioned you taught technology yeah. at Plano, Plano Senior or Plano West? Plano West. Plano West at Senior High. Um, but you also worked for Ross Perot's EDS, correct? Yes, And yes. I found out that you were a news anchor yes. for CBS Radio. Yeah. So you were... You were more than just a teacher. You had this corporate career. You had this business knowledge. You had the business acumen. Was all of this going on with Buzzballs when you were still working as a teacher? Or did you know when was it time for you to quit and take that full-on leap? I did two years still teaching after I started Buzzballs. So my first sale was in 2010, but I, I finished my MBA in 2009. It took me a year to get permits, get the warehouse, get the equipment, get it all set up. Did the school district know? Yeah, they knew. But, you know, it was one of those things that I was doing on the side or in the summer or after work. So, like, my day at work at Plano ISD started at 7 with zero hour. And then I ended, I, I worked straight through lunch and then had my conference periods afterwards. So, I would work straight through lunch. I'd eat my lunch in my car, and then I would go straight out to the warehouse. So about 2 or 3 o'clock, I was out at my warehouse in Carrollton, and then I would get on Skype at night or Alibaba at night and work with the Chinese and work with other people to try to create my containers and work with my CAD designers and get it all set up, you know, buy the equipment and all that. And then after three years of being in business in 2013, my son and I took a trip to China to see the factory where our stuff was being made. And I was appalled. You know, I was appalled at the human rights types of violations they had there. And I just felt so bad for them. I was just like, I, in one hand, I feel bad about taking those jobs away. But at the other hand, I just feel bad for supporting it. So um, I figured out how to make my own containers and I made my own custom machinery and brought all those jobs back to Texas. And that's all here in Carrollton? No, um, it's actually out in Mansfield right now, Arlington, okay. Mansfield area. I've got another factory out there, and that's all they do is make the plastic containers for me. Okay, and you've got balls, but you've got... It's hard to say that without know, laughing. You, you have got balls, but you also have tolls. Yes. How did you come up with the this second shape? Well, we kind of fell into that because um, we had buzz balls going strong. We were selling millions and millions and millions of buzz balls. Um, but we, the pushback came from some of the chain stores. So like the Albertsons and the Kroger's and Tom Thumbs and things, you know, we would pitch buzz balls to them and they'd say, well, you know, it's, it's, it's a good idea. We really like them, but they'll get stolen. Um, you know, so, and what had happened with us, um, uh, with Walmart as one of our biggest customers, we boomed overnight in 2014 when Walmart came to town and said, Hey, you know, we want to carry buzz balls. They brought us in, sent us nationally. And overnight, we made like $5 million in sales, you know, just from Walmart sales. Um, but then the next year, they cut us and they said, you know, the buzz balls are getting stolen. Well, what it was, was their own employees were stealing oh. them and drinking them in the bathroom and throwing, they were finding them in the trash can. Um, so they were taking them, you know, from the back room and drinking them and then throwing them in the trash. So anyway, Walmart said, it's your problem, not ours. Go figure out a better way. So we found different kind of racking systems, different kind of combining systems for the buzz balls. That still didn't work. Um, so then we said, why don't we just make a tall, skinny can out of plastic and it'll be like as tall as a Red Bull, uh, but made out of plastic because that's what we do. We have plastic injection machines. 
So we made the buzz top and we made the sleeve that goes over it. And we, in our same typical fashion, we wanted to be able to see the liquid and the lid through the, the can. And that's what we did. So the buzz tall was born. It's the big sister to the buzz ball, a little short fat buzz ball. And we also have buzz ball biggies. They're big. I saw balls. that. Yeah, they're awesome. They're like a Is bowl that ball. a, like add a straw with a friend? Yeah, you can. At the pool? Yeah, okay. you shake them up or put them in your fridge and then have margaritas for days. This is what's fun about your company. So although you're you're serious, you're running this huge business, you created the machinery, you have this great background, but it it feels like it all speaks of whimsy. It's about whimsy. It's, it's about, about fun. fun. Yeah. And I don't have know, a ball is our ha- motto. Have a ball is your motto. Mm-hmm. And and please have a ball. I read this book by Bob Goff. A book was called Love Does. I did about four or five years ago. He is the ambassador to Uganda. He's a lawyer but he skateboards to work. And the book was all about, it just remind me so much of you. The book remind me so much. She said, have fun, bring whimsy. There's not a mold that you have to fit unless it is a buzz ball mold that you're creating. So you bring this into, into life here. It seems like your employees are having a good time. They're having a good time getting it out to the distributors. How do you feel about whimsy? In the uh, workplace? I mean, I, all of my pitch meetings with the distributors are funny. I think they remember my my pitch sessions, our kickoff meetings. I mean, because I talk about sex and booze and how I grew up and, you know, it's, it's not their typical dry, boring lecture that they get. Um, so they remember us and we have some fun things that we do. Um, you know, like I'll give them buzzball condoms for swag, you know, and they have buzzball sayings on the back, like hit it, you know, before you quit it or, or I can't, <laughs> of course. I, you know, or no glove, no love, you know, just funny little sayings on the condoms, um, hand those out at spring break, you know, uh, you know, we just have fun. We really do. We have a lot of good times. Um, we cook lunch for everybody every day, um, for all of our employees, mostly because I never had a break to go eat. So it was like, I need it. They need it. I'm going to do it for everybody. I noticed that you also give the employees off for Christmas. Um, Christmas from Christmas through New Year's for free. You just say and we pay them. Yeah. Uh, okay. In addition to yeah, their addition vacation to their time. Break. Yeah. Because I think that when we were teachers, we got time off and, and it was really important to me to spend time with my family. And I really hated that, you know, a week and a half of my two week vacation was spent on just Christmas alone. And then I had like four days to use for the whole rest of the year. It's just not enough. So, um, changed that and, and made that a possibility for everybody. And then another thing that we did too is, <laughs> there was a guy named Lonnie that worked for us and, and my, my small team of 10 back in the day um, used to make birthday cakes for each other or have, you know, celebrate birthdays when it was someone's birthday. Well, it, it didn't work out on Lonnie's birthday. Lonnie decided to skip that day. So we were like stuck. He just called sick, you know, called in sick. And so we said, screw this idea. We're not going to make cakes for everybody. Nobody even wants to eat cake anyway. So, you know, I mean, some people are like, I am on a diet or whatever. So, I was like, screw that. We'll just give them their birthday day off. That's what they want. Give them day off for free and they can pick it anywhere in their birthday month that they want to take that. I love it. Yeah. Make it easy. Make it easy. And that way I don't have Let to feel guilty. Let them eat if they want to go eat cake. <laughs> yeah. I don't feel guilty about not bringing them flowers or cakes or whatever. Yeah. And I imagine that reciprocity helps the employees want to do their best and give their best work. You know, and we hire a lot of young people sometimes that don't realize that the outside world doesn't do that. So when they get in here, it's, uh, it's their best first and third job. I should. <laughs> <laughs> well, what gets you excited for 2019 for everything happening here? And oh should I say gosh. Southern, Southern champion, Southern so champion, Buzzball the- Southern champion is the name of the company. And Buzzballs is a brand name as well as a company name. 
Southern Champion is a company name and it houses all of our spirits, pre premium spirits. So we've got Crooked Fox Bourbon, we've got 13 Kings Vodka, Andrew John's Gin, and Pelican Harbor Rum. We also do some co-packing for other people, some private labeling for other people, like HEB. HEB has a brand called Alos and Texas Classic Cocktails that we make for them. And we've got a new brand that's debuting in March for HEB, and it's ready-to-drink cocktails in a, in a big bottle. Um, so that should be crazy busy. So 2019 is all about growth for us. Um, we've, we've bought the building next door. So we will expand into 100,000 square feet. We're renovating that right now. We'll start tours uh, to the public, which will be fun. We'll have great entertaining spaces. Um, and then just massive growth with Buzzballs, the brand itself, and then all of the ready-to-drink categories and our premium spirits. We're just really buckling down. Um, in addition, we just hired our first international manager. So Jag Billis is working with us on expanding into the Asian market and South American market right now. That's going to be fun. Yeah. You're in like, seven countries. So you've got more, more spreading of your wings to go across the globe. Well, let's transition to Dallas. You are a Dallas-based company. Yes. And um, so I've got a few questions about some of, of your favorites. What is your favorite hangout in Dallas? You know, it's funny. Um, I live near Glen Eagles Country Club in Plano, and we end up going there more than, <laughs> more than I probably should. Um, Tony's Bar is there, and uh, we just go hang out there. It's like a restaurant a minute away. So that's just Tony's Bar is at the Country Club. Yeah, well, that's or, what we call it. Oh, it's, okay. <laughs> it's run by a guy named Tony, so we call it Tony's yeah. Bar, but it's really Glen Eagles Country Club. Um, and we go there a lot just because it's convenient. Um, my day is pretty busy. Um, I work weekends as well. So, you know, I'm at home, but I'm working. I'm working all the time. Um, I like Three Forks Restaurant for steak. I love that. Um, go to Glen Eagles a lot. We have barbecues and stuff in the backyard with friends and family. Um, I like going to the Texas Rangers game. Um, they also sell buzz balls that look like baseballs. Baseballs. Yeah, those are so cute. cute. <laughs> um, the Star in Frisco is a lot of fun. And Legacy West up in Plano. So I kind of hang out in my own little hood there. Um, and, you know, frequent restaurants that are around there. That's that's really mostly what I do. And, you know, what's fun is gonna I'm going to be a grandma in April. Oh, so my first grandbaby is on the way. I'm excited about that. And um, so I just spend lots of time. My sons, Alex and Andrew, also work for the company. My son's wife, Tina, also works for the company. And my husband is our CFO. So, like, the whole family's here. It's great. I get to see them. Um, so, uh, you know, those are kind of, like, my hangout spaces. But it's the epicenter. Mostly um, yeah. family is the core of my life. What is favorite or your go-to grocery store? My go-to grocery store. There's a couple of them. Um, I'm a big Instacart buyer. Okay. I imagine <laughs> I you would say that. Um, yeah. Tom Thumb online last night. Um, I shop at Kroger through Instacart and Tom Thumb. Um, if I need to run to get something really specialty, I usually go to Market Street, which is down the street from me. Um, but those are primarily where I go. Um, sometimes I'll pop into Walmart if I'm getting a big haul or Costco. Um, yeah, just depends on where depends, I am. Depends. You know, you know that's such a Costco hot has button some issue. Awesome steak and some great king crab legs. Um, you really? Know, so Costco good. has king crab yeah. legs. I don't have a membership. Well, I didn't that either. That would be worth it. Um, but I, I went in there and, and I needed some pans and Costco had a great deal on pans. And then 
Um, they also sell this awesome tomahawk steak in there. And so, like, <laughs> all right, you know, we grill out a lot. So went yeah. in there and got some good deal on wine. And, you know, Costco is the biggest seller of wine in America. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Good deals. They're really good deals. Flowers. They have their pies. brand. Oh, yeah. Alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's a party place. Yeah. Okay. I love it. Last question. Yeah. Okay. You might have to think about this one a little bit, but do you have an item that's still on your Dallas bucket list or maybe is there something that you would recommend to visitors if they have 48 hours in Dallas? Oh, okay. Well, 48 hours, definitely try to get tickets to go to Jerry world. I call it Jerry world, but, um, the, the place Mm -hmm. where the Dallas Cowboys play, that place is unbelievable. You need to go tour it just to see the magnificent size of it. Go to a Texas Rangers game if they're in town. Go up to see the Frisco Star um, where the Cowboys practice and that whole walking mall area. It's all brand new. And um, up in Frisco, kind of off the Dallas Tollway. Love that. Um, you know, I, I lots of golf can be played, so it depends on if, you know, you were a golfer or not. Um, but really, I mean, Texas is pretty hot. You're going to spend a lot of time inside. So. <laughs> We've got awesome shopping malls. Um you know, we've got indoor skating. So, you know, lots of fun things. Lots of opportunity. Isn't it amazing how much Dallas has changed in the last, not even 10 years, in the last five years? It's oh, just, it's, it's unreal. Awesome. You know, my husband and family and I, we moved to South Africa in the late 90s. Um, and then we lived in Stockholm, Sweden. When we moved back to Texas, I couldn't believe how much Frisco had grown. And Plano was fully built up. One of the things that I think it's important um, is, you know, growing yourself, you know, always constantly being a student and learning. But since I do care so much about students and learning, I do give back a lot. Um, You know, I give to students, I offer scholarships, um, especially for innovation. That's really important to me. Innovation that leads to something entrepreneurial. We give scholarships in Texas. We also give scholarships in Montana, where I'm from, where I grew up. Um, my parents ran a gifted and talented science institute, so we give scholarships there as well. Um, but we're looking for innovation, looking for things that change the way society does things. So, like, if you are um, a student, we had a we gave a scholarship to a girl who made. Um, she converted indigo dyes and made different color indigo dyes and sold that idea to Levi's um, so that it didn't wash out. So you could have red jeans, you could have orange jeans, you could have green jeans, not just blue jeans. So um, she did that. And then on how to dye cotton, um, we worked with a guy that also turned plastics and garbage into fuel. Um, and then that, that gives me to another subject, We're working, um, you know, because there's pushback on plastic right now, um, and it's because people don't know how to recycle plastic. Our recycling centers are so antiquated that they they don't have the right machinery to deal with today's packaging. Um, So instead of fixing that, they come down on us, the plastics manufacturers, and go, well, you know, plastic is being buried in a landfill, and it takes 150 years to decompose. What are you going to do about that? Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do about that. There's a lady that runs a company, Teresa Clark, out of Arizona. It's called Enso, E-N-S-O, Enso Restore. And basically what you do is you put this enzyme in your plastic when you're creating your plastic containers, like I do with the Buzz Falls or the Buzz Talls, and it decomposes that plastic 
in four to six years underground. So it has to be without oxygen. It won't do it on the shelf while it's just sitting there right in front of your very eyes because it's in oxygen. But mm-hmm. once it's buried under um, the ground, it, it decomposes and turns back into a methane gas so you can use it to heat your house and it turns back into a fossil fuel, which is what it was to begin with. So the whole recyclability of it, you know, you can take it, crush it, slice it, dice it, turn it into plastic pieces for furniture or children's furniture or carpets or, you know, carpet fibers, roads, houses, you know, you can use that plastic for, for recycling in that way, strapping tape, but you can also decompose it. So um, if 85% of the world's plastic isn't actually getting recycled, then make it decompose. And then the other thing we do is we help um, sex traffic victims. Um, we hire them. We give them jobs. We get them back on their feet. Um, we contribute to an organization called New Friends, New Life in Texas because there are 400 kids, not just women, but kids between the ages of 12 and 14, they get sex trafficked on the streets of Dallas-Fort Worth every night. Um, How so many? we're trying to 400 a night, a night, a night, mm. and they get pimped out 35 times a night. Mm. It's ridiculous. Mm. And so it's got to stop. These are children. And so a lot of my causes for giving back are children related, not just science or innovation or environment and saving plastic, you know, that kind of thing, Um, but helping people in a humanitarian way. We're fortunate enough to be able to um, step back from the business. It's not always about just business. It's also about what makes you feel good about contributing to society. And I think it's every person's job, if if they have the means, to, to contribute to society and to make the world a better place. I agree. What it comes down to is legacy. And as Gary Vee says, anyone who follows Gary Vaynerchuk, who's listening to this podcast, legacy is greater than currency. Yeah. And that's what we're going to leave the people on this planet with. Well, Mary Lee. Thank you, Becca. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for sharing your story. And if people want a buzz ball, where should they go? Oh my gosh. Well, uh, in Texas, I mean, there's, um, there's a lot of places. I mean, pretty much any convenience store would have them like Seven Eleven or quick trip, um, quick trip, QT. Uh, you know, I don't know if quick trip has it. Circle K has it. Albertsons, okay. Tom Thumb, Bucky's is we're the biggest seller in Bucky's. It's awesome. You're in Bucky's? Bucky's. There's a Bucky's coming to Melissa, y'all, in about three months. Check it out. We sell on Spirit Airlines. We sell at Brew City out near the airport in Euless. They're a big customer of ours. Um, the Texas Rangers game, you know, we have buzz balls there. But, you know, jump into any convenience store. A lot of them are sold in convenience stores, so... You might check that out or go to a liquor store and get the spirit-based buzz balls, too. And you can get a variety. Yeah. Just I mean, Total Wine has them as well. Grab grab balls. Yeah. Grab balls. Have fun. Ball grabber. <laughs> Who's a ball grabber? I'm no ball grabber. Taste our balls. Uh, if you'd like to taste Marilee's balls. <laughs> buzz balls. Buzz balls. You know where to go. Anywhere in this Metroplex, anywhere in Texas. And of course, just do what I did. Go on the website and see what's close by by just putting in your zip code. Thank you so much. Until next time.